Hello and welcome to another episode of Stick Together, bringing you union news and social justice issues. Stick Together is produced in the Melbourne studios of 3CR and broadcast to your local station by the Community Radio Network. I'm Matt Kunkel. Last weekend, many of you would have enjoyed time off over Easter. But to those of you who did give up time with family and friends to work over the weekend, be sure to check your payslip for penalty rates. If you think there's something wrong with your pay, be sure to contact your union. This week on the show, our feature story is the ongoing strike of AWU members at Fletcher Insulation in Dandenong, Victoria. We'll hear about the dispute from the workers on the picket. On strike since the 17th of February, these workers are fighting back against proposed cuts to a range of working conditions. And a big shout out to those workers on the line who are listening there today. But first, some union news. As we mentioned at the top of the show, last weekend was Easter. Public holidays vary around the different states, but if you worked over the Easter period, you should be sure to check your payslip for your penalty rates. In last month's decision to cut weekend and night penalty rates for hospitality, retail and pharmacy workers, the Fair Work Commission also tampered with the public holiday penalty rates. Unless stopped, these cuts could kick in as early as the middle of the year. The ACTU has calculated that the cuts to Easter penalty rates alone would cost Australian workers almost $31 million a year. The decision of the Fair Work Commission is just the thin edge of the wedge, with the Liberal Party eyeing off new ways to cut the take-home pay of workers. One such example is in Victoria, where the state Liberal opposition has repeated its pledge to remove Easter Sunday from the list of public holidays. Such a move would slash the take-home pay and cut penalty rates on Easter Sunday for all Victorian workers. A motion for the Parliament to stop the cuts to penalty rates is before the House of Representatives, but it is expected to fail as the Turnbull government will use its wafer-thin majority to push ahead with its anti-worker agenda. In her most recent show of Islamophobia, Senator Pauline Hanson called on Australians to boycott Cadbury Easter eggs on account of the company having achieved halal certification. In a bizarre video posted on her Facebook page last Tuesday, Senator Hanson rambles about how she has asked the government a question on how halal certification is Islamifying Australia. She then called on her supporters to leave Cadbury products on the shelf and instead buy chocolate products from companies which do not have certification. Cadbury employs more than 1,100 workers in Australia and their sites are strongly unionised by the AMWU. The union accused Senator Hanson of putting jobs at risk with her reckless comments. Here's what Tasmanian AMWU Secretary John Short had to say. Senator Hanson has done workers in Australia no good, especially Cadbury workers. She talks about Australians, she talks about Australian jobs, uh, but she's putting these jobs at risk. Even if there was five jobs lost, that's five too many. Senator Hanson was widely criticised across the party political spectrum for this absurd call. Her reckless endangerment of good union jobs is only surpassed by the stupidity of her reasoning. Halal certification does not indicate some special additive or ingredient. It simply means that a third-party organisation has tested the production process and determined that no forbidden or haram products have been included in the item. Both of the alternative brands that Senator Hansen called on her supporters to buy are also very likely to be halal. The Senator's comments are just another example of how racist and xenophobic rhetoric from one nation and others is hurting workers across the country. The Fair Work Commission has further dashed hopes of the low-paid. It has ruled against submissions by United Voice, ACOS and the Catholic Council for Employment that the Commission should set a medium-term goal to raise the minimum wage to 60% of median earnings. While many talk of Australia's high minimum wage, the purchasing power of the low paid has slumped significantly over past decades. The minimum wage is now below 45% of the average Australian's weekly ordinary time earnings. 
This gap, known as the minimum wage bite, continues to grow, and this bite disproportionately affects women and migrants who are more likely to rely on the minimum wage. The Fair Work Commission ruled against the submissions for a phased rise in the wage, saying that it could not bind future reviews of the minimum wage. But United Voice, a union of some of Australia's lowest paid workers, has made an ambitious claim for a rise in the minimum wage of $87.30 a week. This would represent an approximately 13% increase. Business groups buoyed by the recent penalty rates decision have continued to press hard against workers' rights, providing submissions to the Commission that the minimum wage should only be raised between 1.2 and 1.5%, much lower than CPI in most areas. The Fair Work Commission is expected to hand down its annual adjustment to the minimum wage in late May. Public sector employees from Medicare, Centrelink and Child Support are in the midst of two weeks of rolling stopworks as part of their three-year-long dispute with the federal government over wages and conditions. These targeted strikes affect the Department of Human Services, one of the largest government departments which employs more than 34,000 workers. The strikes follow similar rolling stoppages last month over the hardline Abbott-era industrial policy that restricts wage offers at unsustainable levels. CPSU members have been fighting against cuts to working conditions and entitlements as well. These strikes are designed to bring pressure to bear on the government while ensuring that government payments are not disrupted. Negotiations are now being assisted by the Fair Work Commission, but the union has called for the strikes in response to the government's unwillingness to compromise on key claims. While some progress has been made at other departments, CPSU National Secretary Nadine Flood has said, There's been no movement from DHS bosses or in fact any sign whatsoever that they actually want to resolve this. The strikes are scheduled from 7am to 8.30am each business day and will run until April 26. The troubled relationship between MUA and Patrick Stevedores has reached flashpoint, with the MUA accusing the company of union busting at its Port Botany operations in Sydney. The union claims that the company has fenced off an empty container terminal and is now subleasing it to a non-union operation. MUA Sydney Branch Secretary Paul McAleer has said, Patrick's attempts to compartmentalise the Port Botany terminal by putting up flimsy fences to restrict job opportunities for our members is a sneaky, opportunistic plan to de-unionise the terminal, or at the very least to insource cheap labour. Last year, the company and the union struck a deal after a protracted and fiery campaign. The MUA says that the recently struck agreement is now in question after the company's underhanded tactics, promising to do whatever it takes to fight for good union jobs on the docks. And some good news out of Burma last week, where union members at a bakery in western Yangon have returned to work victorious after being on strike since March 8. Myanmar Mason, which produces bread and pastries, unilaterally announced that more than 180 staff would be laid off as a result of automation. The roughly 400 workers disputed the layoffs, staging a picket of the factory, demanding the reinstatement of the workers and an end to the company's interference with their trade union activities. Most of the sackings targeted union members at the plant. During the strike, workers from nearby food processing and garment factories marched to the Mason workers' picket to show their support. A Burmese labour tribunal ordered the reinstatement of the workers on the 1st of April, but the company refused to recognise the ruling. Last week, a deal was brokered between the parties by the chair of the Parliamentary Committee for Local and Overseas Employment, where all employees who wanted to return to work have been able to do so. You're listening to Stick Together, workers' stories and union news. I work 
on the line and I'm also a forklift driver. Yeah. And the thing I like about working at Fletcher's is the guys I work with. We've got a good working relationship, the guys. Basically, we're saying no to this company ripping us off of our entitlements. My partner and I are here picketing. We're not just looking what's best for us, but the next generation and then the generation after that. Work gives my partner and I financial security. When that's gone, it's stressful. You have to have an income to survive. That's Raquel, who works at Fletcher Insulation's Dandenong factory and is one of almost 90 workers who are taking indefinite strike action over the company's proposed cuts to their working conditions. Fletcher Insulation is a major business that supplies a range of building products. The factory in Dandenong, Victoria, makes pink bats and other types of insulation. The workers are members of the AWU and the factory has been unioned from day one. In August last year, the company proposed a number of savage cuts to conditions at the plant. These included the removal of the 35-hour week, which would see workers required to work longer hours without the current overtime compensation. It also proposed to reduce limitations on the use of casual and labour hire employees, which we all know was the favoured first step to union busting and cost-cutting by business. I saw the company's proposed agreement when I visited the picket line. The document looks like the boss has sat down, pulled out a red pen and crossed out almost everything the workers had fought for. It's not hard to see why these workers are taking a stand. Additionally, the company has adopted the popular tactic of applying to terminate the workers' current agreement, a move that would see the wholesale destruction of workers' pay and conditions, reducing them to the bare minimum contained in the applicable award. We have seen this tactic rolled out with ever-increasing frequency in the last 12 months. Bosses seeking to circumvent bargaining with the collective strength of workers are instead looking to a perverse legal channel to undermine decades of struggle. Here's AWU Secretary Ben Davis and ACTU Secretary Sally McManus addressing a meeting of the members at the picket line. In the AWU, we are desperately proud of what you've done in standing up for your wages and your conditions, and more to the point, the wages and conditions who, of those who are to follow. We always believe, and you guys have actually matched that rhetoric with your actions, that we are merely custodians of wages and conditions in workplaces, we are merely custodians of safe workplaces, and it is as much about what happens for those that come on, our kids and our grandchildren, as it does about what happens today. So well done all of you, seven weeks and counting. We will continue until the company withdraw their radical agenda and their attempts to slash the wages and conditions of all of you and for those that will be coming in the future. And with that in mind, it gives, it gives me great pleasure to introduce Sally McManus, the new Secretary of the ACTU. Hi everyone, it's a real pleasure to be here. The reason why I've come is because of the importance of this fight that you're having. And the reason why it's important is for a few reasons. It's not just one, it's for a few. Number one, we know your employer is trying to cancel your agreement. So we've seen this happen now across the country, starting up in Queensland with, uh, in the rail industry, now all the way in Western Australia with academics in a university. Now we're seeing it here in Victoria and we saw it at Parmalat as well. As we all know, we cannot have a situation where employers can have in their back pocket the ability to threaten to cancel agreements while you're negotiating. Blind Freddie could tell anyone that that is unfair 
It's unfair because it totally changes the bargaining power that you've got when you're sitting around the bargaining table. Now, I know you know that, but we need to tell the rest of the country that as well. Because if they can do that here, or they can do it at the university in Western Australia, or if they can do it in Queensland or anywhere else, every other boss, every other boss is going to think exactly the same thing. We'll just sit on this agreement, we'll pretend to negotiate, and then we'll threaten to cancel it. So do you know what we've got to do about this? We have to defeat them on the ground every time they try and take it on. But then what we've got to do is we've got to change the laws. It was never meant to be, never meant to be that employers would have a lever of power that would allow them to threaten to drop you back to the award. We can never accept that in Australia and that is one of the number one things the ACTU will be demanding on behalf of all union members that our politicians act on. The other reason why your dispute's really important is because it's a clear act where a very powerful company is threatening to casualise your workforce. I know that that's one of the key um, fights that you're having and why you're holding the line. Because if you let them do what they're going to do, well, your kids, your grandkids, all of you, our jobs will end up being casualised elsewhere as well as they have been. The factory is in Melbourne's industrial southeast, surrounded by factories, steel fabrication shops and big box retailers. Union flags fly from the fences. As I was there, a contingent from the CPSU arrived and spent some time with the picketing workers. There is a strong aroma of Turkish coffee and wood smoke, and the lively hum of picketers' chatter is punctuated by the clacking of billiard balls and the honking of supporters as they drive by. Spirits are high, and there was a steely determination among the members to prevail. We retired to the battle-worn caravan to speak with some of the members on day 56 of their struggle. Um, my name's Michael Oliveris. I've been working at Fletcher Installation for over 24 years. At the end of this month, I'm not my 25th year of service in the company. And what products do you make here at the factory? We make the um, pink bats, we make boards, we make permastop, we make a range of industrial blankets, um, we make a lot of various of insulation products. And can you tell us a little bit about what's happened here? Why, why are you on strike? Why we're on strike is because this management, we hadn't had any industrial disputes for longer than 22 years. This management has tried to uh, erode our conditions. This is not about wages increase, this is about our conditions getting stripped right back, back to 100 years ago. They're looking to uh, take away our four weeks per year redundancy to put a maximum cap of 52 weeks doesn't matter how long you've been with a the company, they're trying to casualise the place, they're trying to force us from our 35 hour week onto the barbaric 38 hour week, and they're very important conditions to us. And what would it mean for someone with your length of service if uh, the company was to get their way on redundancy? I'll lose over 100,000, guys that have been here 44 years will lose close to a quarter of a million dollars from their redundancy package. One of the other issues you mentioned is that the company wants to introduce more casuals and labour hire into the into the factory. What does that mean for you and the other workers here if they were to get their way? Uh, the company is looking to cut our compulsory manning levels, which is a safety aspect of our job, to just um, nullify the numbers and say, today I can work with two or one person in the warehouse while I work short and these can be safety breaches for us and somebody could get injured, seriously injured or killed. So for all of this, the company's trying to slash and burn your conditions and they're offering a 2% pay increase. What do you think of their offer? Look, we don't care about their 2%, lousy 2% pay rise. We'll take a 0% pay rise and keep our working conditions. And that's what matters to us and our safety net. So we're in day 56 right now. It's leading into Easter. How are the, how are the members feeling? Well, all the members are angry and they're getting angrier by the day towards the company.
Are you ready to go one day longer than the boss? We'll stay out till the cows come home. My name is Ferrari Brainy and I've worked here for 36 years. They're trying to kill all our rights and all that, so we're trying to maintain what we had and what we fought for 33 years during the 11 enterprise agreements. And I believe that we're trying to do the right thing and they're trying to half our pay so, and take our entitled, entitlements as well. So. so you've been here for such a long time, you would have seen a lot of these conditions won for the first time in, in agreements. How does it feel for a company to buy out a company and then try and come in and take those conditions away? How do you feel about that? I feel very bad actually because something like this we never experienced and then we thought that it's never going to happen. We upgraded the tonnage and all that, you know, we've given record productivities and things like that and now the time come, you know, they just want to destroy us. So the company Fletcher, Fletcher Group is a very profitable business, they're making big profits and you're obviously being quite productive here, making more product with fewer people. What do you what do you think's behind the company's push to cut conditions and wages out here? Oh, keep, they keep saying that we want to do it, make it fair. We want to make the company profitable, and we want to make it as a sustain, sustainable business, you know. But it's all, you know, it's not the case because we've been giving them excess productivities, you know, from 80 ton, and we started increasing 90, 100, and 130 ton now. You know, I don't know what they want more. So you've been out on strike now for the... 56 uh, days. You've been out on strike now for 56 days. Uh, is the determination of the members still strong to, to keep fighting on? Oh, they are very strong, actually. They are prepared to do anything they can. They are very frustrated with what's happening, but they are prepared and to stay here as long as it takes. You're listening to Stick Together, where we're speaking with striking workers at the Fletcher Insulation Picket Line in Dandenong, Victoria. Next, we're going to hear from Sean, the AWU delegate at the site. Uh, my name's Sean Patterson and I worked here for 14 years. Just over a year now I've been a delegate there. So can you tell us, Sean, about the dispute so far? Yeah, well, we're into day 56 now. Started off with the union giving uh, the company that our logger claims and, you know, vice versa. And uh, ours, you know, weren't, most of ours were ambit and, you know, we just want to maintain our conditions and that's pretty much it, but then we get hit with the, the logger claims from the company and they just want to tear our conditions away and yeah, it's uh, nasty. What did you think when you saw the company's logger claims? Well, I was taken aback for starters. I, I um, yeah, I mean, I, to an extent I thought, you know, maybe their claims were ambit as well and they were just, you know, foxing to try and get the, the cheapest way out, but once the days and the meetings kept going and they weren't backing off on their claims and started to sink in that they were fair income and yeah it was not not a good feeling the company during the strike so you've been on strike since february 17 during the strike the company applied to terminate your enterprise agreement what would that mean for you if the agreement was terminated um yeah it would be devastating for our workforce we'd we'd lose I'm not sure of the exact figures, but you know, we'd be back on the award, which is at least 30, 40% less than what we're currently on. I've got two young kids and a wife, and that would, you know, I'd be hard pressed to think that I could stay here under those those conditions. I'd probably have to start looking for another job. Are there other people in your situation? I know there's a lot of people that have worked here a very long time, but are there others out here with young families who would be in the same situation? 
Absolutely, yeah. There's yeah, there's a number of guys with young families. Um, just, yeah, four or five of them just recently had kids. So, yeah, we're the ones that are feeling it hardest. I mean, everyone's doing hard, but, yeah, the ones with the families are, are really struggling now. The company's looking to cut redundancy pay. It's looking to make workers here work three hours more a week without paying them overtime. It's also looking to introduce uh, higher levels of casualisation and insecure work. What, if the company was to get their way, what do you think it would mean for the factory and for the workers? Basically, well, it'll destroy our earnings because we make, you know, we, we do a rotating shift where it's it's hard on the, the body and, you know, sometimes you'd have little sleep and so people, you know, take leave and all those sort of things and the company wants to cover every single absentee with with overtime uh, with uh, casuals so it'll hurt our earnings because uh, we won't be getting any of the overtime what we've heard is that the company has in the past you know taken a few people off each shift after an EA or you know a round of cost cutting but at the same time the company is also now looking to cut the redundancy packages and really lower the severance package to which would have an impact on the longer-serving members. What does that look like if, if the company was to get its way? Sure. Um, yeah, well, the long-serving members, they're highly skilled people. That um, those, those skills, they don't really um, lend themselves to any other industry. They're, it's a set, you know, set of skills. And if they were to lose their job here, well, that, that redundancy that they've fought for over the years, well, that... That's their security blanket. So in case something happens, whatever happens with the company, mm. that's their that's their survival money, so yeah. to speak. What's the company offering? So they're they're slashing and burning. They're trying to take away as many conditions as they they possibly can. What are they offering in response, or what are they offering in return for this? Uh, they've offered a two percent wage increase, which is that's fine. It's never been about um, wages for us. We just want to keep what we have. They're claiming that we'll be much better off with thirty eight hour because. You know, we're guaranteed an extra three hours work a week, but there's hidden agendas, we believe, in that, where they'll they'll end up dropping a shift back to three shifts and we'll lose our nine-day fortnight that we've had for, you know, the last 30 years. And, yeah, we, which means that another 20 people will be made redundant. We believe that it's their, their hidden agenda, that that's, that's the main reason that they want to mm. go to 38-hour week. This company's super profitable. So Fletcher is reporting large profits and their CEO just, I think, took a big big bonus as well. Why is the company doing this to you? Yeah, you're right about the, uh, the CEO. We just had a 17% pay increase uh, last financial year, which is, you know, takes his earnings around $5 million plus whatever bonuses he gets, which is, you know, nice if he can get it. Why are they doing it? Well... I guess the law lends itself to them being able to do it now. The the Fair Work Commission, through whatever, whatever wisdom it was set up to be, is it's a broken system. We believe that companies can uh, come in, ask for ridiculous claims that no one's going to accept, in the attempt just to have the agree agreement completely terminated. And we need to change the laws to uh, to stop companies being able to do this. So this is, this is a long strike, so day 56 today. Uh, we've seen some pretty long strikes. We saw the guys out in Echuca win their lockout. We've also seen the CUB um, 55 prevail in the last little while. Are you confident that the that you're going to have a win out here as well? Um, very confident. Um, 
you know, those those guys that you just mentioned, Parmalee and CUB, the big inspiration to us that, you know, if we stick to our guns and, you know, keep together as a group, then we can achieve what we want to achieve. We've got the support of the AWU first and foremost, and now, you know, as the time days go on and the longer we're out here, all the other unions are coming in to chip in help and support. So, yeah, we believe that we'll, we'll get the right outcome. And what can union members out there listening do to support you? Yeah, well, you can show your support by donating at the GoFundMe site. Otherwise, we're, we've got a 24-hour vigil here at the 127 Downing on Frankston Road. We'll be, we're here 24-7, so uh, if you want to pop in and say hello, then we'd be happy to have a chat. I started as a forklift driver uh, 24 years ago. In those days, it was a family-orientated business. They were very wary of looking after their workers and making sure they were comfortable, uh, paid them well, and gave them benefits. Today, you are lucky to get a handshake at Christmas time, even acknowledgement that you're going on holidays. It's not the same. I'm waking up in the middle of the night looking at the ceiling. It's in your face, you talk to people here about it, you go home, you talk to your family about it. You, you go to sleep, you wake up, it's on your mind. It's hard to relax and not have it on your mind. So yeah, mentally it does affect you. Yeah. We were never chasing a pay rise from day one in this dispute. It was always about our benefits. It's taken years to get them to where we are. So to take them in one foul swoop, no. Families are hurting now. People have had to go and get second jobs or other jobs to compensate. Rent, food, bills. Management don't seem to care, we're just numbers. That was Rod ending our report. Thanks for the AWU for additional audio for this story. The workers at Fletcher are now in their ninth week of industrial action. You can help keep the fires burning and the workers strong by donating to their strike fund. Grab a pen, I'm about to give you the web address. You can also stop in and support the picket by visiting the workers at 127 Frankston Dandenong Road, Dandenong. If you'd like to donate to the Fighting Fund, visit www.gofundme.com forward slash awu hyphen Fletcher hyphen insulation hyphen strike. A link to the page will be available alongside the podcast of this week's episode and shared on our Facebook page. Well, that's all we have time for for this week on Stick Together. Thanks for joining us and thanks for the striking workers at Fletcher Insulation for speaking with us this week. Stick Together is produced in the Melbourne studios of 3CR and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. The podcast of this show and other recent episodes is available at www.3cr.org.au forward slash stick together. If you'd like to get in contact with the producers, you can write to us at sticktogether3cr at gmail.com or call us on 03-9419-8377. That web address again, if you'd like to support the workers at Fletcher Insulation, is www.gofundme.com forward slash awu hyphen Fletcher hyphen insulation hyphen strike. Log on and give generously. Join us again next week for another episode full of union news and workers' stories. Finally, remember, no matter where you are or what you do, there is a union for you. I've been Matt Kunkel. Until next time, stick together.